Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and on Instagram. This week on the Jesus Witch Podcast, I'm sharing my conversation with Reverend Rosie all about religious trauma and how to start healing from that. I really appreciate Rose taking the time to talk to me and record this conversation. I found it to be really healing for my own religious trauma and kind of gave me a little bit more clarity on the steps that I need to take um, with that. So I personally got a lot out of this episode and I hope that you do as well. Just a quick reminder, don't forget to subscribe to the Jesus Witch Podcast on your favorite podcasting app to get new episodes from us every single week and if you would like to get your episodes of the Jesus Witch podcast a week early and ad free you can click the link in the show notes page to our patreon and become a patron um, there are several different tiers that'll help you learn more about Jesus witchery and just help support the show overall so don't forget to check that out in the show notes page as well as the links to anything that we talk about today now without any further ado here's my conversation with Reverend Rosie so this week on the Jesus Witch podcast, I have with me um, Reverend Rosie, and I think you might know her. Hi, Rosie. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Well, thank you. So um, I, I introduced you as Reverend Rosie, but who who are you and what do you do? Sure, sure. Um, so I am a, um, I'm a ordained Presbyterian uh, PCUSA clergy person. Um, I did um, hospice and end-of-life care um, for about 10 years. Um, I also worked at Spiritual Formation Center uh, for several years and worked uh, with Christian mystics and, um, and other forms of alternative spiritual formation. Uh, and then was called to serve a congregation uh, a few years ago and served them for about four years. And uh, in July of... 2021, I uh, decided to take a spiritual sabbatical for um, six months, and uh, there was a major health crisis in my family, uh, and my mom ended up needing some extra care and support, and so it was a blessing that I had taken time off, and um, right now I'm just guest preaching and making TikToks and, um, you know, getting my life back in order, (laughs) so... I feel like everybody feels that, especially like post-COVID times, you know? Yes. We're all, we're all trying to just reorient ourselves to, to the universe and, and, and our work and our lives. So. Yeah. We're all on the same page here. Um, Mm -hmm. But I thought it was cool. So you ended up following me and then I followed you Mm -hmm. uh, on TikTok. And I've also like, I was like, wow, there's like a a real life, like a reverend following me. Like there's some validity (laughs) into my practice right there. Um, And even my husband, who's a non-believer, he was like, 
wait, you actually got like a pastor following you? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess it is. Um, so I thought it was really cool that like you were open to this like kind of world. Um, but I really wanted to have you on to talk about um, religious trauma. I've seen a lot of your TikToks. You talk about um, yeah. that experience and like what people go through with religious trauma. So like, firstly, I guess just to be basic, what is the definition of religious oh. trauma? <laughs> um, heavy wow. That is a heavy question. I guess it wasn't basic. Um, I think I think I'll give you my definition. Yeah, your definition, not like the clinical yeah. like. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So I I, be, I believe personally that um, that part of um, part of our journey is to like unfragment our spirits, and I think that there are times and events and situations in our world or in our story um that that shatter our spirits into into fragments more than others um and so that the for me um at least the process of healing and feeling whole is finding um finding the pieces and and helping mend them back together even if they don't look the same uh, at the end i don't know if that that makes, makes a lot of sense, sense. No, that makes a lot I'm like a very, I'm like a very visual person. And so like, I think of it in some ways, and I think of trauma this way, uh, in a lot of ways, but, um, it's like a puzzle, right? And, um, and you've built a puzzle and you have what you think is all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And then either a piece gets ripped out or you discover a new piece, and sometimes in, in our soul work, when we discover a new piece, we have to like break apart the whole puzzle and rebuild it because with this piece, we can either ignore the piece that we found or we can break apart the puzzle and rebuild it. And sometimes the, the things we rebuild or we heal or um, so it ends up being a much more beautiful, much more rich image in the puzzle than we had before. So, yeah, no, I like that definition of it because like, I feel like it's not like a one size fits all thing. And we all experience like different levels and different, uh, before we hopped on this, I was like, you know, <laughs> I kind of passively said it. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm like the best person to really talk about this topic because, you know, I was at a cult for three years, but you know, which is traumatic, but I, you know, I don't know a lot about it and, you know, <laughs> but that is traumatic, but you know. For me, it was like, I feel like that was a whole life lesson. I don't feel like I was absolutely like traumatized. I saw traumatic things. Does that make sense? Um, Yeah. And I I don't think that, I I think that, I think that trauma is defined by what, by how we experience it, not the event itself. That's a good, whatever the event or the events are. Um, and, And so you know, there are all kinds of things that can be traumatic and have um, significant impact on our mental health, right? Um, and things that might other people might find to be minimal, but um, but they affect our, our hearts and our spirits for one way or another. Um, it, it, you know, in a way that we need to, to seek to find a way a way a way to live with yeah i don't i don't think we uh my personal belief is that we don't um 
doesn't all, it, it doesn't just like go away. <laughs> like things that hurt us don't just, or, or that we've experienced don't just go away. We just, um, we learn, we learn to be companions with some of those things and th- some of the parts of our story. So yeah and like now I feel like I'm using like really heady floaty language I apologize no don't worry <laughs> we're, we're all woo woo over here so we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. like, those people <laughs> like I just I walk around barefoot everywhere during the spring yes. it's warm and you know my people are like that too so we're all good yes yeah, yeah. good well I mean I I uh I'm a, a big fan of my of the Christian witches in my community and and um you know it's I, I'm the, I'm in I'm in that boat as well so yeah it's it's a it's a different path it's a cool path I've noticed that a lot of people who have religious trauma or like specifically trauma with the Abrahamic God or the Christian church will come to Christian witchery because it's basically reclaiming Jesus as your own mm-hmm. and removing that like very strict viewpoint of it um, even mm-hmm. if you just grew up in a church that wasn't like you know I grew up in a in a Catholic church that wasn't like I don't say it. I wouldn't say it was like the worst Catholic church. I definitely think the three years in the cult, that was it. That yeah. was the one. That was the one. Because Catholicism to me is basically witchery. Like I, mm. I did rituals. It's very, it's like witch light, you know? I mean, um, witch, light. witch light with a, with a little, with a little bit of, uh, I mean, what, I mean, that's, that's the part I think that I mean, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but I think that that's, that's part of it, right? I mean, so many of, uh, of the, of the church practices were stolen pagan practices, right? And, and the, it's really about the, the rituals and the, um, and spiritual disciplines and stuff. And, and, um, I, I don't, I don't think they're different. I think our, you know, maybe our lens is a little different, but I don't know that the practices are any different. In my mind. No, I mean, I always read, like, reading the Gospels. I mean, like, I've read them a couple of times, you know, just a few. <laughs> no, a little more than a few. Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my perspective of it is Jesus isn't asking you to live a particular way, like, with, like, ru- like rules and regulations. He's more so asking you to be a particular way, mm-hmm. to be loving and to be giving and to be kind. Like, a huge part of my practice as a Jesus witch is to give to charity. When I was in the cult, do you think I gave to charity one time? No. It was, mm-hmm. like, it was a miracle if I felt called to give in the tithing basket. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just, like, it wasn't there. Like it, they always give you the importance of giving because we have to keep the church running. Okay. Well, that's, what's that doing for my spiritual mm-hmm. health? And I, I don't mean to sound selfish in that way, but like, yeah. what is that going to do for me? Like, what is God going to give me if I, you know, give you like 20 bucks each week, you know, besides giving me a church, which there's a million other churches I could go to. Right. right. Um, but now I feel like I get something out of it. There's like, there's this one verse, I read it today, I believe it's in Matthew. And it was all about how like that those who would be trusted with little can be trusted with a lot. So mm-hmm. as a Jesus witch, I take this very seriously. But as a Christian, did I? No, like I, that's not, and I, and not like that everybody has to go throwing their money everywhere. I just, that's a big part of it right, right now. Right. And that's- this makes me feel like I should be doing mm-hmm. um, and it's with all like all other things you know like I used to lie all the time when I was a Christian now I actually feel convicted for it mm. like, not in an unhealthy way but in a way of like Lena this is lowering your vibration you could do better <laughs> right 
Right. I mean, we give it like it's, it's, it's giving and many of the other things, right. Are, are acts of worship. And if they're not an experience of worship, right. And, and, and you're not experiencing it as an act of worship, then yeah, go give to charity. If you find that more worshipful, right. Go, go do a good thing for another person. You know, the point is that, that we return the goodness back to others that we've been shown. Um, and, and, and so, however that looks, right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guilting around finances, but you know, we could do a whole nother thing on that. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like, oof, the stories I have heard and the things that I have seen, like, oh my, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like seen with my own two eyes. This is why I'm like, I feel like the the cult wasn't directly traumatic because I was always like very like, you know, like you, you, I'm, I'm a stubborn person. I'm a Taurus. So you're not going to get me to do anything that I don't want to do. I saw the way that other people manipulate were manipulated. And like, I was being manipulated in a way and reflecting back on that. There are like certain things that happened to me that were traumatic, but it's like what I find more traumatic and quite honestly, more horrifying is seeing the way that they take advantage of people who are not as strong as I am. Um, and not as strong as anybody who's listening to this podcast, because if you're on the other side of it, you know, clearly you have some sort of strength and Oh, that's what, that's what gets me. That's the the trauma I hold from that deep in my chest. Um, But that's, I feel like reclaiming, as you said, like these, like giving, you know, um, being honest, being like fair, like being kind, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. If you're doing them as an act of worship, it's almost like reclaiming these Christian ideals and these Christian, like more roles that they claim to have, but right. And now a quick break from this week's episode to talk about a few ways you can help support the show. If you're really loving the Jesus Witch podcast and want more content and more resources to help you in your own Jesus Witchery practice, the Jesus Witch podcast now has a Patreon. There are four different tiers of our Patreon. The first one is The Fool, where you get ad-free and early episodes of the Jesus Witch podcast. The second one is The Magician, where you get everything that you got in The Fool, as well as grimoire pages for your spellbook with Jesus Witch-specific spells. You'll also get grimoire pages of the major arcana tarot cards and how they connect back to christianity and the bible at least two different tarot spreads per month that you could try with your cards and a personalized three card reading from me every single month the next tier up is the hierophant and in that tier you get everything from both the fool and the magician tiers as well as monthly spell casting zooms and happy mail from me the fourth and final tier is the high priestess tier and with the high priestess tier you get everything from the fool magician and hierophant tiers as well as a 20-minute one-on-one call with me every single month over Zoom to discuss your practice and the ways that you can grow your faith as a Jesus Witch. If you want to become a patron, click the link in the show notes page. The next way you can support the show is by shopping at the Sun and Moon Oily Co., which is my Etsy shop. Over on the Sun and Moon Oily Co., you can grab astrology readings with me, tarot readings with me, and my Bible-based body oil spells. There are so many different types of spells on my shop, and each and every one of them are based off a different Bible verse. And these spells are pre-charged by me and I put all of my good intentions and all of my energy into them. To shop the Sun and Moon Oily Co., click the link in the show notes page. Essential oils are a vital tool in my practice, and when it comes to oils, I only trust Young Living Essential Oils because of their seed-to-seal promise. This promise ensures to me that I am getting the highest quality essential oils. Plants that become Young Living Essential Oils never have had pesticides on them. The oils themselves only contain plant material. No alcoholic solvents or artificial fragrances or fillers are added to these 
Jesus essential oils. If you're interested in learning more about Young Living and my favorite oils, click the link in my show notes page. Or if you're interested in grabbing some oils but not sure which ones would fit you, book a 15-minute consultation with me and let's talk all about your needs and oils that would help suit them. The link to book a consultation or to grab oils with me can be found in the show notes page. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. And now let's get back to the show. I don't right. Know. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, um, there, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a place uh, of a physical location where um, there's a very extreme version of um, of a particular denomination that's that's located here, um, in my geographical region, and only here. Um, and it and it's and it's fascinating to me as we have, as I have heard people share story after story after story of just horrible shit that I'm sorry. Can I cuss on your podcast? Yeah. Okay. I'm from New York. Okay, good. <laughs> um, just horrible shit that, um, that this, this particular, this particular set of churches is done, um, you know, with shunning them or, or withholding communion or kicking them out of the church or, um, you know, just atrocities and um, many atrocities. And yet uh, when we, you know, when you ask someone that's there, I always, I've always asked like, so, so why then do you stay in this denomination? If, if they're horrible to you and they've treated you this way and they're always like, oh, well, because, you know, we do want the values. And I'm like, which values are they showing you that you want what is the value that you're getting from that place or these people that you want to emulate in your life because it doesn't sound to me like there's any value that I would want to repeat (laughs) um you know, you're, you're, you're talking about basic human kindness, um, you know, uh, and, and it's just, and I don't know, I find that very frustrating. And it's like, well, but the, but the morals, what morals are they showing you that are not, you know, I, I don't know. I struggle with that because I think it's actually people stay in toxic religious, um, environments for far longer than they probably would um, because we, because, because of a, of a sense of, I don't know if I want to say sacrificial, but like, um, you know, there, our own sense of guilt, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm, I'm not sufficient in one way or another. And this, this religious body has, has, indoctrinated me to believe that my failings or my shortcomings um, separate me or or isolate me from the divine and so the f- the further I fail and under this other set of doctrine right mm-hmm. the, the the more you fall short of that doctrine that's impossible to reach oh, fall short oh that verse that will all fall short from the glory of god oh, we will used. but that was used so much as a weapon right that's when it's when it's weapon. not it's like but it's such a gracious thing like we all we all fall short of the glory of god but also scripture tells us that god's grace is sufficient 
That's my favorite. That's literally Second Corinthians 12. That is my favorite, favorite part. And I know I say everything's my favorite. No, but that's genuinely because that's my life. Like I have mm-hmm. the Paul Thorne all the time. Yes. <laughs> In one but, God, hey, but God's grace is sufficient for us. And, and we are able, you know, so when they... When they teach us that, um, they, they, these denominations and, and my denomination does it too. We're all guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all religious organizations are guilty of it. Um, but, but then instead of acknowledging the failures, right. Then, then we just, we, the church I'm saying in, in this regard, we, the church, instead of admitting our own sin and our own failures we push the blame of that sin onto our parishioners yep and then their hearts and spirits bear the weight and and if if that isn't spirit shattering i don't know what else is yeah that's like one of the things like i when i kind of started getting out of the church i realized how many like you know, and this is going to get to traditional Christian doctrine. So it's a little like, you know, rigid, but for me, like Jesus warned about this. He like literally warned about all of Satan's lies that he was going to plant into the church. And when mm-hmm. I started to like deconstruct and like, look at my church, I was like, holy shit. Like this is nothing, nothing like the way that Jesus was and nothing like the church of acts, you know, mm-hmm. it's like so different. Because at that time, like, literally, like, Jesus was so loving and so giving and so, like, whoever you are. He healed a woman who touched his cloak without knowing who she was. Obviously, he's all-knowing, so he, like, in a way knew, but she didn't, she didn't identify herself. She didn't ask for it. She just, like, she didn't, she didn't even, she, he didn't even acknowledge her, right? The power just, like, moves out of him. Yep. Honestly, I think that, um... The deconstruction is actually the a, a very is one of the major ways we deal with religious trauma, right? Um, one of the things we do uh, when when dealing with with specifically religious trauma is that we we try to you know we we want to find order, and I think the human problem in the midst of that is that we also want to find blame, you know. So I, I, again, like, I think part of the struggle um, is that we want to assign blame, right? Um, I think we're very humans in, in a way are very justice oriented. And we want to, like, we want to believe there's karma. We want to believe there's, um, you know, if, if a wrong has been done to us, then there must be, especially Western Americans, right? Um, there must be justice of some kind. There must be you know, either someone's at fault or, um, I, I, I should have, should get some kind of retribution or I should, you know, um, and, and because we, in a strange way, need someone to blame. And, uh, I think often, uh, we, we blame God, um, or we blame the church, uh, the church as a whole, um, or when it's more of like a corporate sin, like the, it, there's like a, it's like a, a corporate injury that can't actually be pinned on anyone in particular. Um, 
so at least in my denomination, we believe in, in two different kinds of sin, right? Individual sin um, and corporate sin. So corporate sin is things like poverty. We are all responsible for the sin of poverty. It, it, and it's a sin we all bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but it's actually like no one individual's sin, right? Sickness is, is a corporate sin, right? The, um, you know, the capitalism is corporate sin. Um, there, I mean, there are things. Sin and the first thing I thought of was like, is this like an industry are we talking about? No, no, no. But I mean like um, corporate is in like communal, right? And yeah. so, but also like complacency. Yeah. Um, victimizing. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put like, you know, treating women lesser as a right. Hatred, misogyny, sexism. Yeah. Racism. They can they can be individual sins, but they are also corporate sins. Mm-hmm. Um and they are they are in in my denomination's belief sins that are that are just out in the world. Yeah. Right. Um that that we Go all encounter of like a little blob of something running around in the world causing yes. <laughs> like poking yeah um and so what's what's fascinating so so at least in my denomination when we do the prayer of confession right um what our our language is almost always um you know forgive us for for the things we have done and the things we have left undone oh yeah that's like with your let your yes be your yes and your no be your no huh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that that's cool and so it's, it's, it's for, right. Um, because, because in, in a way we pray for the corporate aspect mm-hmm. in that. Um, so anyways, that was, that was a little mini tangent, uh, about my personal theology, but, but what that goes into is that, um, you know, I think the same goes for trauma, right. And evil that, that happens, um, but we want there to be blame, right? Um, specifically things like in very horrible things, um, you know, cancer, um, a physical or, um, you know, physical or sexual abuse. Um, and often things like that, right, are things that people pray about and they pray about and they pray about and they pray about. And, pray about, and then the church tells them, well, if you don't hear anything, then that's God's no. And like, that's not helpful. If you're being physically beaten yeah. and, and you aren't able to leave that environment and the church tells you, well, even if they mean it about something else, but the church says, if you pray about it, right, then what, what's the obvious conclusion we're going to come to that it's it's god that wants me in this abusive situation Mm -hmm. and i don't believe that at all no i don't believe that at all and when you say it out loud like that people are like oh no that's gross you're like yeah it is it is gross um and so and so or like god wanted my mother to die like no 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 
I mean, unless it's not... like really old and like passes peacefully. Sure. Then maybe, yeah, you can make that argument there, but no, he's not asking right. to die to that. Right. And I, so I feel like in some ways we move God into the position of the abuser when we're in traumatic situations because we need something to blame. Yeah. And this, and this, and the, the position of like, well, if, if God is omnipotent, I hear that all the time, right? Like, well, if God knows all the things and it's like, but I, I hear that I do, but I also don't think that God is a superhero that I have the ability to manipulate with my prayers. No. Right. I don't, I don't believe that God sweeps in and like, you know, with, with God superpowers and kicks people in the teeth. And then I get to get out of whatever situation I'm in. Um, no, no, I'm a recovering. Al- oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. The number of times I prayed, like, dear God, get me out of this. Right. And not right. Or, but also like, get me out of this hell hole, yeah. this spiritual and emotional hell hole. Um, but that's that's not what the, God doesn't sweep in like that. That's not the way God works in my mind. And so I think um, some of the beginning of healing religious traumas is starting to think about who's who's at fault, mm-hmm. and or or who's where have you put the fault, and is it is it justified to be where it is? Yeah. Um, and I, and I think also, like, if you need to blame God, then go for that, right? I also believe that God is big enough and tough enough and strong enough to take your anger and your heartache and your frustration and still love you all the way to the gates of heaven. I mean, it literally says, like, cast your cares onto him because he wants right. to take them, right? Like, or, I mean, right. like, I know that's a preface of the verse, but... I mean, and then there's also the the verse, no matter how far your sin is from the east to the west, that God's not, love cannot, there's nowhere that you can go that God's love cannot reach you. Right, right. Right. And I think, I mean, and, and honest to God, like, read the Psalms. There is a bunch of fucking angry people in the Psalms. Like, if you don't think that people bitch out God for all kinds of random stuff, then, then like, go back and reread it. Read, read the Psalms with the snarkiest voice in your head or out loud as you possibly can. And it's brilliant. It's, it's just like, you're like, oh. Really David Psalms. I'm sorry. I always envision him as like this is whiny little boy. Yeah. And, but then you got some really good ones from him. But then the next one, the, you'll read this like fantastic, powerful Psalm. And you'll be like, yes, power. And then you read the next one. He's like, God, my shoe broke. Why did you do this to me? Help, help me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and, it, and so I think, I think for me, like, I, I totally get, right. Um, I, I think people who walk away from the church forever because of things that happened in the church, I get it. I don't have any desire, um, to, to try and talk someone back into the church. I just don't. Um, because I think that, that, there are other paths. I think that God reaches, continues to reach out to us through other things um, or, or the divine or um, 
you know, our, our lights and our connection and our creativity and, and however you um, choose to identify that. I mean, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a Bible verse that suggests that God made other gods or like other divine entities to help him? Yeah. So the, 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 the most commonly quoted is let us make um, mankind in our image or at the beginning of Job when um when they come when when the adversary comes and and discusses with them right um oh my god i love job so much and i never ever picked up on that yeah or um in in proverbs 8 uh lady wisdom says that she is present at creation and there's a so in proverbs 8 there's a whole section that's um actually a um like a a, one of the seven creation stories in scripture and um proverbs eight is yeah and so she right so she says there lady wisdom says like i was there Mm -hmm. at the foundations of the earth i stood as as the as the essentially like the the apprentice to the master worker I played at the edge of the creation. I know it. I, I know at what, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's actually very beautiful. Like it's one of the more, in my opinion, um, that's, it's my argument that I use for a, that we should use the feminine for the Holy spirit and that with, you know, the wisdom, um, wisdom is present there at creation and she tells us that in genesis there's a part, part of it like there's basically the spirit of the lord was hovering over the water mm-hmm. and then she reflects that and, oh. yeah it's very cool like proverbs 8 is probably one of it's it's one of my favorites it is not my favorite but it is one of my favorites mm-hmm. um and i think for that reason and and so you know that we got on this weird tangent. Anyways, um, it's a great t- I love getting about this. <laughs> you're gonna go on all these. You're gonna be like, people are like, "Thought we were talking about trauma." Here's Rose telling you about the seven creation stories in no. scripture. Well, the purpose of that was so, like, a lot of people I've noticed, right? The reason we got mm-hmm. on that tangent is because I asked you about other gods, and a lot of people heal their religious trauma by working with yeah. other deities, other gods and goddesses, right? Yeah, yeah. And for me, that's just like God, like the the almighty the creator the source right which he's also the abrahamic god is also referred to as source a couple of times throughout the psalms um source coming to other people through things that can meet them where they're at Mm -hmm. right god is going to meet you where you're at no matter where you are and i I hope that doesn't make me sound like pretentious i believe my god's better than everybody else no i don't believe my god's better than everybody else i just think that he loves everybody so much that he's willing to have other shepherds of his power and other deities that other people can relate to so that they can see him and it not just be one size fits all Mm. Mm. I use kind of a different image, but I think it's, it's in a similar boat um, that, because I, again, right, I have all these like visual images um, for metaphors, but um, that like we, our lives are like a painting. Um, And if our lives are, are a painting that, that, that there was artistry put into so some kind of creativity that created or formed us. But the way we connect to our spirituality and our spiritual lives, the way we understand it, is like different frames or matting that you put over it. So 
when you put a Christian frame on my story, it brings out particular colors, particular things, particular items. It highlights that because of the frame in which you put over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you put, um, you know, a, a different frame on top, science on top, it would bring out different things. It would bring out different, right? put mysticism on top and it, and it brings out a whole nother set of colors and a whole nother set of things and images. And so I I think that, that it's really about, for me, at least like the artistry is all there. The picture never changed, but the framework in which I acknowledge the the picture of my life is what's changing. And so um, that, my my interpretation but what that also means is that you bear a frame that would bring out something new for me Mm -hmm. that they bring out they bear a frame that would bring out something in my life and so um that's why we're that's why in my opinion we're we're open we're loving we're compassionate we're kind because I don't have my frame I I acknowledge that my framework is limited Mm -hmm that my framework can only show me certain things and I can study and I can focus and I can try really hard and learn all of the things, but, but by shifting um, to a different lens or a different focus, um, I I can learn more things about my story, more things about my life um, or things about my existence and my connection. That makes sense, you know, and everybody's just experiencing, we're all basically like experiencing the world. We're just, we're just spiritual beings having a very human experience. Like these meat suits. (laughs) In the meat suits. Yes. Do it again and again. Or just, I don't know. Probably (laughs) believe in like the traditional heaven. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Uh, Yes. Yes. Well, I wouldn't expect a different answer, so. I believe in, in heaven. Yeah. That's a better answer. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in like, I believe like demons go to hell, but like not human souls. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I actually think, uh, in a lot of ways, this is hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This mean- is, uh, this is the, um, because I believe that, um, that hell is separation from God. And I think during this season, stop wait a minute like i i know i've heard i've heard so many people say this on tiktok and whatnot but like now i get it and like in my mind i was thinking underworld overworld stop oh wow i'm done (laughs) yeah that this this like that this experience um which is why we are in my tradition right seeking for the new kingdom yeah the new right the new um, and I use I use kingdom instead of kingdom. So ken ken as in kinship community, yep. the new the new creation, the new kingdom. Um, can you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard it for a while. It's so cute. It's okay. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> something to be sorry about. And my kid running around in the background. There's like hashtag real life. There's a couple of episodes where you could hear Paw Patrol in the background of my. Sorry, it's okay. Um, I, Anyway, sorry. So that's why I think that we're, um, you know, that's what I feel like we're, we're working towards because, um, you know, if this time is separation from God, what we, what we need is a new, 
a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And if we get a new heaven and a new earth, then this would that would mean that there's something flawed or broken or distant about this one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I now I need to like come here you preach at some point in my life. <laughs> there's not not many people that can actually like make me question my like beliefs to the core (laughs) well welcome to life with reverend rosie Uh. that's a good thing that's what that's what a like quote-unquote pastor is supposed to do is make you question not make you obedient and like right think the way that they do that's not the point of it the point is for everybody to experience god and to have a personal relationship with jesus that's my favorite thing is when you have a personal relationship with Jesus and it looks different than somebody else's and they're like, wait, wait, that's wrong. It's like, wait, you told me like mm-hmm. personal, like. And, and like, I was just like, I also don't think it has to be Jesus. Yep. I think, I think if. if it's cool though. <laughs> I do. I do. I've got some questions. I, um, I plan on sitting outside the pearly gates um, demanding answers and I will sit there and play because I'm an egotistical prick. I will sit there and play Uno until Jesus comes out and plays Uno with me and we can like oh. talk out some things and then I'll go into the party. So like um just so I, I, I really like like life between life stuff and like Journey of Souls like by Dr. Michael Newton. And um basically what happens is uh what he says happens is after you die you go and you have a, a talk with your guide before you go mm. to the afterlife. So I think people like you and I who work really closely with Jesus and do a lot with Jesus, that's who we're going to see. So you have that, that space to do that. I like, believe so. Ever. And when I was in the cult and I would say things like that, I'm like, yeah, I think we have like a life review with God. And they're like, no, you just go to heaven and you worship. I'm like, but I have things no, I need there's... to talk about. <laughs> There's definitely, yeah, no, I got lots, I got lots of opinions about what happens in that, in that moment. And I think part of it is because, and I will say this with, with the fervency and of, I, I have sat with so many people on their deathbed, right? I did hospice for 10 years. And if, if the more time that you spend with people in that, in that beautiful sacred time that beautiful sacred in between time where what i believe people are doing is they're actual they're actually doing their soul work here so they're ready and then i feel like we're like it's it's in in many ways if death is in its natural process right obviously there is trauma and incident and those kind of things accidents um but death and its normal um trajectory there is always some period of time that is in between. Yeah. And I have always thought of that, like that parable where Christ gathers up the wheat and the chaff and then that chaff is burned away. Mm -hmm. And I see that time as the burning away. Oh, wow. That's in order to look at it in order that we, um, that we're, that we're free. You probably some cool stories from hospice. I have so many, I have so many cool stories from hospice, but I will say back on our, on our topic, I have also a lot of horrible stories about religious shit um, because there's a lot of people that want to like try that are trying by they're on their deathbed and they're afraid 
right? Because I've, they've had all this religious trauma and they're like, but what, but will God take me? Will, does, does God love me? Mm-hmm. Can I, if I die because they know they're dying mm-hmm. and my, like, I would say 75% of my conversations over the years in hospice with, with, with the dying individual, not with the family, but with the dying individual were about letting go of religious trauma and accepting that God is outside of the system that hurt you. Oh. Not, 75% of those conversations were just giving people permission to die and go be in the loving embrace of God. Oh man, that made me really sad. I'm not one of those people that gets <laughs> a lot, but that one made me like, I'm having to stop myself because like just thinking about how like scary of a place that is. It's a super scary place. And I think that's the part about like deep down when we have deep rooted religious trauma, it ultimately, I think, in my opinion, I don't know, this, this is just my experience, but I think that that in many ways it is often rooted the the thing that we hold on to the longest or the thing is about whether or not you're actually good enough or god is actually good enough and 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 that at like when you strip away the other shit right from whatever happened whatever the event was whatever the series of events were am i good enough or is God good enough becomes the actual question. Yeah. Like way underneath all the other things, the actual question is that. And I believe yes, on both accounts. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we like necessarily like, I don't, I really don't fall into that like fundamental Christian belief that we don't deserve anything. I think we do deserve to go back home and that clearly this place is not home for us. And, you know, we, you know, you believe you're a being like with a soul, you're going back home to spirit land, which, you know, would be heaven with God. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not a matter of like what you do, like in your life or how, like, you know, if you did, if you prayed enough or if you like gave up enough or whatever, it's just a matter of like returning home. Mm-hmm. Although I will say I do because now people are going to be like, well, what about evil people? Yeah. I don't think they have human souls. I think they're like demons in a meat suit. So full stop already. I mean, I'll tell you, I just, there's, there's one, there's one story where on, on the surface, everything that man did in his life was evil. And he looked me in the face as he was dying and asked me if I thought that God would forgive him so he could go to heaven too. Oh, stop. But like, and what did I have to, and what did I say as the clergy person in the room? It's my, right. Of course. Now, you know, like he, he'd actually murdered someone. Well, no, I don't think like like that. I'm talking like really. Yeah like actual evil like yeah but I but I'm just saying like I also believe for me personally right I think I believe there is goodness in all things 
I, I need, I need to have hope that everything is redeemable. That makes sense. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much I believe in that because I think that some people are just truly, I, maybe they're like, they had like a soul walk in and then a demon came, but I don't know. I think some people are just evil. Maybe. Maybe. But for me, at least I, I need to believe that it's all, because we're either all in or we're all out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then I guess it makes it a little black and white. I don't know. But that's just me, right? Like that's what I need. And I, and I don't think it has to be that way for other people. No, right? that's, but that's what I need in order to be able to do my job. No, and that's, <laughs> I was about to like, it makes sense that you would have the belief that you do considering the profession that you work in. You know what I'm saying? I'm like a hippie. I'm allowed to believe whatever I want. You can believe whatever you want. you want, but you know what I'm saying? Like I just yeah. do what feels right. And if I don't have any rhyme or reason for it. <laughs> Anyway, I got really dark here for a minute, but, um, no, but that's I, okay. <laughs> um, this is, this is, this is life with, 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 with me as well. Um, look, it's just, you know, like, a, it's just the way it is. Um, but I think it's really, I think it's really an interesting question. Um, in some ways, like if you are someone who struggles with religious trauma to like ask yourself what it is, is this actually the root question? Yeah. Right. Like what part of it was really like, I mean, obviously there's like multiple different facets, but what, right. Was- but what's the, what's the actual root question? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do we, how do you get down to what the root question is? Um, and, and I think, I think that from that place, from that, that place, then knowing what the actual question is, when you strip away the like details and you get down to what the real thing is, that is when I think healing can begin. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it is absolute bullshit that the church did X, Y, and Z to you. I, I don't even have to know exactly what it is. It's totally bullshit. Yeah. And so the question then comes, but do you still, do you feel like you're not good enough? Do you feel like you're not like God won't accept you because of whatever? Um, or do you feel like God is not good enough because God did or did not do this thing to you, depending on your belief. Um, and, and when you start to ask the question that way, instead of based on like, but why was I kicked out or why was this, why did this thing happen to me? Or why did they say this thing? Or why did they do this thing? Um, Because there are, I mean, there are awful wicked acts that are done in the name of God. And there have been for thousands and since, since before Jesus, we've been doing horrible shit in the name of God since before Jesus well before Jesus and um you know just read David's story it's a lot of horrible shit in the name of God and automatically my brain goes to the Philistine foreskin yeah yeah I'm like yeah that's pretty bad I mean how many how many bags of dicks does it cost for your wife yeah like like, let's just ask like and then he did double it. it was- I know he doubles it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yo, like, let's just give give God a bag of dicks. That's what he did. My question is, did he kill <laughs> people and then take I don't know. I thought did they just 
you know, like I don't know. <laughs> and it's not in the Bible either. It doesn't say. You just have to question it or the like oh yeah. That's that's a, that's that is a big you know, I read that story and I was like, but like why? And then you'll read like things that try to justify it. and I'm like, yeah, but that just still doesn't answer my question as to why. Right. Right. If you've never played a game for good Christians, um, you need to. Um, it's basically like, <laughs> um, uh, cards against humanity, but oh. with all Bible stories. Oh, <laughs> I need that in my life. It's, it's, um, it's, ho- it's horrible. And, um, and they have the scripture references on the bottom of all of them. And, uh, and they they have a website where you can go and challenge any of the cards and they have like theological debates on their website about how it does or does not say the thing from scholars like it's a it's the coolest thing it's it is horrific because it's basically cards against humanity that's hysterical with all bible references Oh my gosh, that's a start. It's not, it's not for the, it's not for the faint of heart. No. That's I will say that. I to, uh, laugh about that. Yeah. Yes, it is not, yeah. If, if you, if you're, if I you already are easily. That would not be permiss- permissible in the ICOC. So automatically I want to play it. Yeah. 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 So. That's, that's a start. That could be a way of healing your religious trauma too. It really can. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. I'm not just saying that sarcastically because like when you are able to start making light and re I'm I'm a big person on reclaiming, you know, and making this back to you. So when you're able to take these stories that were used against you and like turn them into something positive for yourself, that's power, Mm -hmm. you know? And in a weird way, Mm -hmm. that's Jesus ministering to, Mm -hmm. you know, the the brokenhearted in, in the church. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I highly recommend if you are not of the feigned of heart. That sounds like my people. Um, um, So I guess like just from here, my, my main question is like, what would be like a couple of tangible steps that you would suggest for somebody trying to um, decon- not even just deconstruct, but heal their religious trauma and reclaim their relationship with, with God, with the Abrahamic God. Because I feel like a lot of people are- The church, the Christian trauma, Christian trauma. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the first, I would say the first tangible thing I would do is like I was saying about like finding the, you know, kind of what is the core question? What's the core hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I would also faceted. You can go through that a couple of times. Right. Um, I think some of it is exploring that, the the religious trauma in a safe way. Right. Um, so like with, with spiritual people, not necessarily Christian leaders, but spiritual people mm-hmm. where you can talk about it and process it in a different environment, not somebody who's going to like, but you know, who's going to defend the church Yeah, or defend or defend or right. I mean, I think, so here's, here's what I think is at the root of grief. I think we need to, and, and trauma. I think, I think we need to find the words to articulate what happened to us or what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Say those words out loud 
to someone else. And then know that those words have been heard and received and respected. And when we are able to, to do that, right, that's um, in, in, a, in, a, in a place of non-judgment, um, then I think that that's the biggest step. There's kind of a relief that comes with some of that. Yeah. And then I think some of it is about like, you know, do, do what feeds you, right? If, if, if the church, the Christian church or any church for that matter, doesn't feed you, don't stay. Yeah. You need that don't, milk. Right. Like don't, don't, don't go to a well that's dry. <laughs> right. The, um, and so if the practices don't feed you, if the environment doesn't feed you, if the community doesn't feed you, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like that's just going through the motions at that point. And that's right. He's asking of us. Right. So, I mean, I, I think exploring other practices and other um, environments and other religions and other, you know, I, I, I do, I think that's how we, we heal is by figuring out how other people find connection and beauty and joy and passion in, in their spiritual lives. Um, and, and, and in some ways, letting other people's spirit and joy and passion and creativity and et cetera, et cetera, rub off on us until we're ready to receive that goodness again from some form. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't very often, not very often at all, sit in what would be like traditional prayer. But, Praying is really but I, a lot of people, but I, but I paint and I color yeah. and I use creativity because I've found a, a spiritual connection in that way. And I think, you know, I, I did, I did yoga as morning prayer for a yeah. lot of, through all of seminary. That's so cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've worked at a retreat center and walked labyrinths and taught, you know, there, there are just, there's so many other ways. Um, yeah. Traditional prayer is really, really, really challenging to do unless you have a very focused mind, in my opinion. The only time I feel like I should, tra- tra- I don't even think I traditionally pray when I do this, but the only time I could like compare that is when I, I do, I, I got in a car accident in December, a drunk driver rear-ended me. Um, so I've been going to like chiropractic and acupuncture for that. And, uh, you know, when I do acupuncture, I, I, I can't move. I can't do anything because I'm on my back, on my stomach, and there's there's needles all in my body. I don't want to move anyway. Like, uh-uh. So um, that's the only time where I feel like I, like, pray. But now I've been listening to sound bowls, and I do it. I swear. I swear. I have astral projected and, like, had, like, Jesus touch my face. And I'm like, this mm. is the weirdest experience because I just started off praying, and now I'm, like, here in your presence weird experience that's amazing so wild i never thought i'd be somebody that would do that ever and i did it nice <laughs> it's amazing it was really cool. i mean i mean that's that's what you need that's what we need right we need to we need to step away if you have to step away from the you you should period i believe we should walk away from things that hurt us mm-hmm <laughs> you gotta you gotta walk away from things that hurt That's you gotta walk away from the things that hurt you. god does not want you to be like abusing yourself right like that's not or remaining or remaining in a system of abuse yeah 
to continue to be abused. That's not not the point of having a relationship with God whatsoever. Like that's no. And for some people that like fundamental, like Christianity, that like evangelicalism works. That's great. If you find fulfillment from that, as long as you're not hurting anybody, great. But you know, like for other people, they find that like more, um, progressive Christianity. I got called a progressive Christian once and I laughed so hard. Like, interesting. (laughs) You got the progressive Christianity, which is like traditional Christianity, but like, it's like a little bit more chill. That's great too. Spicy. Oh, spicy. Then you got the other people who do like witchcraft and stuff and you find Jesus through that way. You know, obviously there's some witches who don't work with Jesus, most of the majority of them, but if you're a Jesus witch and you, that's how it works for you. And that's how you feel connected to Jesus, to the Abrahamic God, whatever. That's great. Like, there's no correct path. I guess that's the whole point. Right. And um, if you're experiencing like a lot of guilt and shame because you're not going on a specific path or because that path caused you so much shame, like you really got to let that. That's not for you. The whole Mm -hmm. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to overcome it. So why his church makes people feel shame and guilt? That doesn't, that is not aligned with his message. Yeah at all i mean in my opinion i don't know i'm yeah i'm just a hippie (laughs) (laughs) it's all right we're all a little crunchy here you know you 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 gotta be a little crunchy but you also gotta be sane right that's what that's what people when people come at me for that that's what i say so Mm -hmm. you know but I'm more like, I feel like I'm more hippie in my beliefs, not with my like functions because I'm, you know, you would never see a crunchy mom bringing their kids to McDonald's for a happy meal. And I do valid. McDonald's for happy meal. So um, just, I'm going to just revoke my crunchy card right here and now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm woo. That's what I am. I'm a hippie, not uh, militant, but that's, yes. that's that. Anyway, that, there, there was my tangent. There you go. You went on, <laughs> you went on a couple of now. On one, um, but this was—I feel like this was a productive conversation. I yeah, like this is great. Like, actually listen <laughs> to it and get through. Um, like, if if you can, like, put your put your preconceived notions of um, Christianity aside for like forty-five minutes, whatever, an hour, however long this is going to edit out to be, right? Um, put your preconceived notions aside for a minute and kind of like coming into this with an open mind yeah and like saying like I hope that my my biggest prayer my biggest thing is that people realize from the end of this is that like you know you're not at fault for your religious trauma right that um it's a societal issue not a you issue but now you have to take your power back and overcome it yes and that's, that's where we have personal accountability because as much as you could sit here and say like the church hurt me, the church hurt me, the church hurt me. If you don't take that hurt and do something with it, then you're just letting yourself be victimized and right. you're just allowing that cycle to continue. Um, so that's, I guess that was my point. Yeah. 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 I think it's important that we re, that we return our, our power to ourselves. Right. I, th- I like that. I've always liked that. Right. Like um, in trauma or in, in abuse situations, someone took our power from us. Yeah. And so part of what we get to do is take our power and put it back in ourselves. Yeah. And like, I know for like people who have more of like a uh, traditional view, right. Like a more conservative Christian. Cause if, if you told me three years ago, four, five years ago, I don't know, however long ago that I was in that cult, 
um, that we had power inside of us. I'd be like, yeah, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it is the power of the Holy Spirit. So at some point, somebody came, comes and take a, takes a little bit of that power from you, takes a little bit of that truth, takes a little bit of that security of God out of you. You got to go get that back. It's the same concept, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just for those who kind of still think in that. Um, I yeah, know, no, I, that's, a, that's a great way. It's just different. I don't know. There's my religious trauma coming out, I guess. <laughs> Nick says I don't have any. All right. I, I, I hate to say it, but like you were like earlier, you're like, oh, this is low on the list. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It happens. People just dump their religious drama on me. It just comes out when I'm around. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still pretty, like, I would say it is still pretty low. Maybe it's it is. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's not a lot happened in 25 years. So where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on TikTok. I'm at um, Rev.Rosie on TikTok. Uh, 